0: listening to the rainmaking podcast hosted by high stakes headhunter author and professional speaker Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast and my name is Scott Love. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Our guest today is someone that I've known since 1985. Now, I was a midshipman. I was a plebe in 1985 at the United States Naval Academy. And my guest today was my second class. She was my second class when I was a plebe, which meant she had to grill me on rates. And did I understand all the Soviet weapon systems and the technology of all the stats that we had to memorize back then? And I'll never forget her. She was tough, but she was fair. Fast forward, I met her years and years later at a speaker's conference because Mary Kelly speaks professionally on leadership topics. She's a graduate of the Naval Academy. She holds two master's degrees, one in economics and one in history, and also a Ph.D. in economics, and she speaks professionally on topics related to leadership. Now, our topic today is talking about succession planning before it's too late, and she wrote a book called Who Comes Next? Make sure you check that link out on the show notes. Now, in our topic today, if you're self-employed, if you own a small business where you know you're never going to turn it over or sell it to anybody, this probably would not be a good use of your time unless you're interested in those sorts of things. But if you're in professional services, if you're a partner in a law firm, if you own a company, if you're an executive, then take a listen because there's some great ideas and some insights that Mary shares that I think are going to help you. Make sure you connect with Mary on our show notes. We have her LinkedIn contact information, also the information about her book that I mentioned, and other links to her speaking site. You can check her demo videos there. And as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, their legal intelligence suite of products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. I hope you get some great ideas from my interview with Mary Kelly today. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. We've got Mary Kelly with us today talking about how to plan for succession planning before it's too late. Mary, thanks for joining me on the show. Scott, it's always
1: so great to see you. We've known each other for what, 37, 38 years? Something like that. And and for
0: everybody listening, when I was a a plebe at the Naval Academy, and that's the year that's the toughest year of your life. Back then, they didn't even have air conditioning. They take away all of your God given rights and give them back to you one by one as privileges. Well, Mary was my second class. She was an upperclassman and she grilled me. She was tough. She was not mean, but she was fair and she smiled when I was a plebe. And so that was always nice to spend time with Mary Kelly, midshipman, second class Mary Kelly to me back when I was a plebe. So yes, ma'am, thank you for uh <laughs> thank you for all the memories.
1: <laughs> it, I think we're so lucky to belong to such a group of alumni who really do try to help each other out. And that is what I would, I'd like to see more of that in the business world.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't change the experience for anything. I did consider going to civilian colleges like University of Texas and the Air Force Academy, but I'm glad I went to a military school like Navy. (laughs) Me too, right there with you, brother. That's right. So okay, so let's let's get started on our show here. We're going to talk about succession planning and let me ask you this, kind of looking at it from the pitfalls perspective first. What are some of the pitfalls that leaders fall into when it comes to succession planning?
1: First, they don't want to do it. If you're a senior leader, the idea of succession planning means you are replaceable or somebody else is hot on your heels and that means a lot of senior leaders get very, very nervous.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: And one of the points we try to make is succession planning is not just the person at the top. Succession planning needs to be a structured, thought out, vibrant, living thing that allows people to migrate in this competitive world that is our
0: our job world right now. Okay, so let me ask you this then. Is this When you work with organizations doing succession planning, is this an ongoing exercise? Is it something they do once and revisit once a year? What's kind of your thought on
1: that? To me, succession planning needs to be a part of your strategic plan. So for the same people who put off doing their strategic plan, and let's face it, having a strategic plan for a lot of people is a struggle because they say, why should I bother? Because it changes all the time. And the point is, yes, we know. But you still got to know where you're going. Succession planning needs to be an active part of your strategic
0: plan. Right, right. And so what what do you think keeps them besides feeling like they're replaceable? Is it a time issue? Do they feel like, well, as soon as I write a will, I'm going to die? Do they feel like they're jinxing themselves? Is that what you've seen before?
1: Absolutely. So some people say, well, if I identify a successor, then that means that person's going to want my job. I had a very real situation where CEO, founder of a company, says, you know, my heir apparent is Jeannie. And Jeannie was fantastic. She, Everybody loved her. She was smart. She was savvy. She worked hard. She came in under budget. She she got it. And she'd been there for five years. And he said, Jeannie's going to be my person. And I said, great. Have you talked to Jeannie about it? He said, no. He goes, I can't tell her that. He goes, then she'll take her foot off the gas pedal. It was one of the stupidest things I'd ever heard in my life. I said, wait a second. This is the person you're going to trust with your company, and you're not going to trust her with information that is going to help her grow into the job. You're not going to help her matriculate into that job. This is patently stupid. And then I'm in their headquarters, and later that day, who do I run into? Jeannie. I'm like, Jeannie, how are things going? And she goes, Mary, I'm so glad to see you. You know, as you know, I've been here for five years and I love my job, you know, and I love the boss and all that. She says, but every time I try to talk to him about our future and the future of the organization, he cuts me off. And she said, Mary, I think I need to start looking elsewhere for a job because I just don't think, I just don't think I've got a future here. And I'm like, mom. So I couldn't tell him what she said. I couldn't tell her what he said because, you know, all the privacy issues and confidentiality all this stuff. And I go running back to his office. I'm like, I am begging you to please, please, please bring her in. Because right now we are in a war for talent and other people are going to be looking at her. And if you do not tell her that in a year you're stepping down and she is the heir apparent, I need to tell you, you really need to be on this. And he's like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Well, about a month later, she called me. She goes, Mary, I just want to let you know I was headhunted and I left. Wow! And he called me as soon as she told him. She goes, I can't believe it. I feel so hurt and so betrayed. I'm like, what did you expect was going to happen? If you are not transparent about your goals for the organization and where people need to be,
0: you should not be surprised when they frankly find other opportunities. Yeah, absolutely right, especially in today's market. So how far down should we go if we're looking at number of years away? Should this be something that should be a one-year plan, a two-year plan, a three-year plan? What do you think is best for the organization?
1: I think the day your business you decide is successful, you need a succession plan. You need to find a way out because the reality is, and COVID certainly taught a lot of this, a lot of us, this lesson again is, guess what? You don't know what's gonna happen. You think, the average person says, They want to retire at about 67 and a half, which makes a lot of sense as our longevity increases and all that. But the average person has to retire earlier and they have to retire earlier either because they have to take care of a spouse or a partner or a child who somehow needs help or aging parents. So they're caring for somebody else is a huge reason. The second reason is their own health issues get in the way. The third reason is they get headhunted by somebody else. And, you know, gone are the days where you're 60 and people are thinking you're going out to pasture. You've still got a lot of years and vibrancy and all of that. I mean, look at our friend Nito. He's rocking and rolling out and how old he is, but he's always a motivating factor for me. And so we've got these opportunities. And then COVID taught us we could die. So, we have to plan for a time when we're not around. And like it or not, we're all replaceable. The question is do you care more about your individual career and job, or do you
0: care more about the organization? Yeah, that's right. And so, what's the balance? How does an executive get started doing this? What do you think? Should they talk with their colleagues first? Should they talk with a consultant or a CPA or a lawyer? Where do they kind of get a handle on where to start first?
1: If you're the senior person, then People are looking at you to lead this charge. And if you are worried about, hey, I don't want to ever retire, that's a challenge. I had another guy who said, I'm never going to retire from this company. They're just going to find my body in the office on Monday morning when they come <laughs> to work. I'm like, dude,
0: nice. um, that's not
1: very nice. That's actually yeah, not right, a very nice thing right. to do with housekeeping staff, not very nice. Yeah. But he was serious. And I said, here's the problem that may happen, but you still need somebody who's going to pick up the reins. And, you know, a couple of years ago, Jamie Dimon had a heart attack and Mm -hmm. everybody thought, oh my gosh, you know, what if he's out of the picture and this is just going to be so terrible. You know what they said? We've had a succession plan in place and everything's good. You know what their stock barely burbled, everything moved on smoothly. Everything was fine because they had a plan. And all they had to say was we've got a plan. So if you're the person in charge, you have to understand you're replaceable. There's going to be a day when you die. There's going to be right. a day when you retire. There's going to be a day when you need to walk out that door. So that means you've got to prepare everybody else in the organization for that day. And a lot of that means making sure that your next level of leaders are prepared to either step up or support whoever is brought in to be that new leader. So those people have to know. And if you're one of those second tier leaders and you think, hey, I'm going to be the heir parent and you're not, then if that new person comes in. And maybe you're the comptroller, maybe you're the HR director, and you thought you were the heir apparent. Guess what? You're out of there. And all of a sudden, new person coming in go doesn't have a comptroller, doesn't have an HR director, doesn't have an ops person, doesn't have something. And maybe that's a really critical role. And this is why succession planning is not just the job at the top. It's got to be all of your core jobs, and those jobs have to constantly be updated, and the people in them have to be constantly revising their own job descriptions and where they want to go.
0: So how far down do you think we should go? Should it be just the owner? You mentioned the next level of leaders. Should we have like multi, I don't want to call them generations, but should we have like the top three positions each have a succession plan in place? What do you think about that?
1: Any role that you would miss desperately needs a succession plan. So let's say in a law firm, you may have a chief administration person who isn't a partner, But boy, if that person left, you would be in a world of hurt because they know where everything is. They know how the billing happens. They know how the invoicing happens. They know all the past history. And when that person leaves, if you don't have somebody ready to step into that job, you're going to be in a very bad situation. So many people think it's just the people at the high paying end of the spectrum. The reality is you might have that one individual coder in your company. You may have that one engineer who is highlighting that new product project. And that is going to be the basis of your next revenue cycle. So you have to look at every single level and say, how much would how much would I suffer if that person was suddenly gone in right, 48 right, hours? Right.
0: Yeah, what's interesting in my work and dealing with law firms, uh, I do partner level recruiting for big firms. And I also merge smaller firms into larger firms. I do a lot of law firm MA. And I've actually seen firms that didn't have a succession plan in place. And guess what they do? They just evaporate. Which is sad because yeah. it's all those rev, all that
1: revenue, all yeah. of those clients. And the problem is it's your clients who suffer. So many people think, well, it'll be okay. I'll just close my doors. Hang on. Wait a minute. These people are relying on you with the, yeah. all of their important life documents. So I'll give you a very real scenario. I am a young 21-year-old right out of school. And I went to one of my bosses and I said, hey, I know that I should be doing some kind of financial planning. I just don't know what that looks like. Can you help me? And he said, yeah, I'll send you my guy." So I go to his guy. And a guy was about 60 years old, super nice, spent a good hour with me, educated me on things, super nice, like the kind of guy you would trust with your money.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was getting ready to head to the Philippines. And then, as you know, I stayed in Asia for almost 20 years. so I love this idea. I love everything about this. He was setting me up with an IRA back, you know, back in the 80s, they'd just kind of been invented, and mutual funds had kind of just been invented. So things were very, very new. And I said, so. I love all this, but what happens if something happens to you? Because I'm going to Asia. I mean, I'm going to the Philippines. I don't know when I'm coming back. I'm on active duty. You know what happens when all of a sudden you know I start to get mail coming back from your office because you know something has happened to you. I'm like, dude, you know. And um, he said, well, yeah. He goes, I think my son is going to take over the business. And I'm like, you think? (laughs) think?" So I was prepared to invest with this guy for twenty or thirty or forty years, but he didn't have a succession plan. So guess what? I went with one of the big houses. Yeah. And I had to because they've got a long-term plan. So this is where I think lawyers sometimes need to understand that, you know, in my own personal documents, my lawyer is a critical component of what happens when, when. and it's a when, not an if. We die, we get hit by a bus, something's going to happen. It's a when. My lawyer is, there's three people to call. My lawyer is number one. And if all of a sudden you say, well, I'm just going to throw up my hands and close my doors and all that wait a second, you're putting my family at risk. That's how right. dare you do that? How dare you
0: do that? That's a liability too.
1: It's just wrong.
0: Yeah, that's right. So how have you seen the world of COVID impacting succession planning? Is there anything that we've learned from this? Is there anything that you've seen has been a trend related to the pandemic?
1: This The book that I wrote on succession planning, Scott, came out in March of 2020. And It's a terrible time to have a book come out because nobody's paying any attention. And at the time when we published that book, the first week of March, nobody really knew what the word COVID was. And at the time I said, succession planning is going to be the next big threat to American businesses. Now, even with all the COVID and even with all that, I still think succession planning is the next big threat to American businesses because people are simply not planning. And COVID was a big distraction but also helpful because all of a sudden some people said, hey, I'm going to leave this job. And leaders started to pay attention. When you've got 4 million people every single month who are voluntarily leaving their jobs, mostly because they don't feel as though they're moving up the ladder. They don't like their direct supervisor. I say it nicely when I say they hate their boss. And they don't feel valued, respected, and listened to in the workplace. They've migrated. And all of a sudden... Leaders have started to take the fact that their people will leave more seriously and this has spurred an interest in succession planning.
0: So have you advised organizations on how they would structure deals with their colleagues with their I- with their employees or staff?
1: So I turn the, the M&As over to you in terms of that. But when it comes time to the strategic planning aspect and incorporating succession planning into that, I work with them to put a plan together because many people just don't know how to start. Right. And that I think is the number one impediment to people getting this put together is they just don't know how to start. So we put that together. And part of that starts with where are the obstacles? So we divide it up by categories. For example, there's the executive. Maybe the executive is the problem because he or she thinks they're going to live forever and wants to die in the office. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's an impediment. Or maybe it's the founder syndrome where nobody could do it as well as me. So I'm not going to share any of my knowledge because I had to learn the hard way. Everybody else should learn it the hard way too. Whatever those obstacles are with the chief executive. Then we look at the second tier of who is equipped to step up, how do we align that? How do we make sure that if somebody else comes in, they will continue to support that person, making sure people feel assured. If you bring in an outsider, that that outsider will keep all of your top talent or not. That's really critical to understand. You know, If, then, what? So it's all about the if, then, what? So starting is an aspect of it. In the book, you know me, I, I love my checklists. I love my right. processes. I love my <laughs> systems. So we put all of this together in this book. And then I said, hang on, you know, we've been using all these checklists and stuff. So we tab them for the planning team, for the executive, for the board of directors, for, you know, whoever it affects, whoever needs to take action on succession planning, because many people think it's just the person at the top. But the reality is there needs to be a planning team. There needs to be a team behind this, that increases transparency, but also make sure that the process is going to happen.
0: So let's say a team works with you and they get this in place. Is this something they should announce to their employees that, hey, we have a succession plan in place? What do you think about that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Your people want to make sure that there's a place to park their car. They yeah. need they need a place to park under. They want to know that if the boss leaves, I've still got my division. I've still got my department. I'm still going to be okay. If you don't, people go, well, Uh Uh-oh, the boss just got COVID. Is the boss going to be okay? And if they're not, what happens to me? Whenever you create uncertainty in the workplace, you're going to get more unproductive behavior.
0: Mm, That's a great point, Mary. So tell me a story of an organization that you worked with where you helped them with the succession planning, and it happened. The owner died, or he retired, or there was a sale, and everything transitioned. Tell me about that. What's kind of a case study you can share with us? And you don't have to mention the name of the organization, of course.
1: I'm so lucky that I get to work with some great organizations and there's a credit union that I worked with where the outgoing person was pretty solid on who she wanted to replace her. And the problem was the board was not keen on that new person. Mm. And partly it was because they hadn't seen the new person in action. And part of that was making sure that that new person who was an internal promotion got the support of everybody else in the organization and the board. So, we worked with that organization for a year to not only implement the strategic plan, which included their succession plan, but every single month we got the leadership team together, the senior leaders together, and said, okay, so when this happens, This is how we're going to manipulate the shell game, and this is how we're going to move people around, and this is how we're going to make this happen. And here's who's going to have to move into these slots. And then we provided the training, the leadership, and the skills so that they were all comfortable with that. And then we went to the young professionals group and we said, Hey, there's going to be some slots available. So we want to make sure that you are prepared to step into these roles in another year or two. So where do you want to be? How ready are you for that job? What does this look like? So every month we went in. And not only helped make that new person, the new CEO, visible to the board with some creative ideas, but also helped the rest of the team be very, very comfortable with her new role. You know, everybody just moved into place nicely. Like one of those, you know, video games where all the little pegs move automatically. (laughs) It was perfect, but it took a year. And it took a bit of an investment by the organization, but they felt like the investment to have all the moving pieces move seamlessly into place was going to be much better than a huge disruption or people getting mad and leaving or people not knowing what was going on.
0: So That that was was smart. Yeah, that was smart for them to do that.
1: Really smart. Another one, I'm running there, the president is leaving there isn't a good internal candidate. Everybody acknowledges this. And I am working with this humongously large board and I'm running the succession planning and hiring process because they know they have to do this. They don't know how to do it. And they they said, Mary, can you run this? You bet. So I am running their succession planning and hiring process. Wow. And it will, again, take about a year because what we found, and this is very, very common, as you know, is the mission and vision of the organization has changed. And all of a sudden, you can't hire for something that may have been true 25 years ago, but it is no longer true now. So that's part of that.
0: That's yeah. great that you help that organization out. So let me oh, ask you this. Honor. If people are looking at doing this, but they hesitate, and you believe that anybody can do this, it's something that has to be done, if we could kind of synthesize this into three action steps that people can take to really get started on this, what would those action steps be?
1: Number one is look around and say, okay, if one person here walked out that door today, they suddenly died. They suddenly got really sick or for some reason, they just weren't around anymore. How would it impact the rest of the organization? And start with that. What would stop? Think about the bad. What would stop? That's step one.
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. And then what's step two?
1: Step two is figure out where the succession planning needs to be in relation to your strategic plan. And if you have neither, that would be a really good place to start. Look, you know, figure out a strategic plan. I've got some really great cheat sheets on this. They are short, they're easy to start. I'm all about getting people to get started now in a way that works for them so that, you know, giving somebody a 900 page document and say,
0: here, work through this isn't going to work. People need to
1: be able to start and strategize right away.
0: That's great. And do you have those? Are those easy? Can we get those on the show notes by any chance?
1: Absolutely. I would okay, love, 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 love to share these notes. We've got an entire website that addresses this with a ton of free resources. And we'd Fantastic. love to share that with your audience. <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: put that link on the show notes. And what's what's the final action step? Step three, Mary.
1: Is uh, get yourself out of the equation. Most people who are in this planning stage are all about, what about me? what's in it for me? Because let's face it, if you're the executive and somebody critical in your family is sick, you leave You don't care. If you suddenly have to move across country to take care of you know, your spouse because they got a terrible illness, your worry about the organization is not as strong as you would think it would be. Or if you become terribly sick with something, you don't care. Or somebody headhunts you and you're gone in two weeks, you don't care. So many people mistakenly believe that this initiative is being led by the senior person. And that is oftentimes not the case. So other people need to step up and ask questions. What happens
0: if? This is great, Mary, because that's the question nobody wants to ask. Mm -hmm. And so if one of the key executives is bringing that to the front of the conversation, everybody feels safe. Well, they can ask that also. Then they're going to have some certainty. It's going to eliminate the unknown. The employees are going to be great. The executives are going to be great. The customers and the board... And all the other constituents involved in the survivability of that organization, they're going to continue to feel safe as well. So this is great, great content, Mary. This is fantastic. Tell us about the other offerings that you have, the things that you do, the resources that you have that you'd like for our listeners to know about.
1: Thanks. So we have a terrific vault of materials for your podcast listeners. It is available at ProductiveLeaders.com because who wants an unproductive leader? (laughs) ProductiveLeaders.com forward slash podcast. And there is the 12 month business success and accountability planner, totally free. It's a great download. All of my execs use it. It is the best planning tool to figure out kind of where you start with all of your goals. And it includes about 15 of my best five-minute plans that address today's problems. Focus, productivity, leadership, team building, employee engagement, all this stuff. And then partly for people who are interested in succession planning and how to incorporate it in your succession planning, I would recommend the book because we wrote it. It's called Who Comes Next? Leadership Succession Planning Made Easy. And for your readers, if they get the book, it's on Amazon, I think it's like 15 bucks. It's super cheap. We will send them for free the tools workbook where they download all of the worksheets, everything that we use when we go in to do coaching and consulting with Fortune 500 businesses down to mom and pops, same forms. We will send them this for free. And that is the tools workbook.
0: That's fantastic, Mary. Thank you for that offering. And we're definitely gonna put that link on the show notes so that people can check it out. We'll also put your LinkedIn link as well. And Mary, thanks for being on the show. I'd love to have you back on here in the future.
1: Scott, it's such a pleasure seeing you always. It was great seeing you very recently in Nashville and can't wait to see you again.
0: Sounds great. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.